The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. You might not know her name, but you've probably seen the video that made her famous. In 1973, actress and activist Sachin Littlefeather took the stage at the Oscars dressed in a beaded buckskin dress in place of Marlon Brando after Marlon was awarded Best Actor for his role as Vito Corleone in The Godfather. Claiming Apache heritage, she spoke eloquently to a backdrop of booze, of the mistreatment of Native Americans by the film industry and beyond. The blowback was swift and brutal. Presenters ridiculed her during the broadcast. She told reporters that John Wayne had been held back by six security guards to prevent him from rushing the stage and assaulting her. In taped interviews this year with the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences shortly after her death, Little Feather said that going on stage that night led to her being blacklisted from the entertainment business. As the decades passed, however, uh, the calm dignity with which she conducted herself that night, easily viewable on YouTube, won over many critics. And interviewers gave her, in the, interview, in the intervening years, describing a childhood of poverty growing up in a shack where she and her white mother were victims of domestic abuse and violence by her white mountain Apache Indian father, made her story a sympathetic one. As such, she enjoyed incredible public support when it was announced months ago that the Academy would finally apologize to her after nearly 50 years. The death of the Apache activist and actress, as she was described in her New York Times obituary earlier this month, and in thousands of articles over the years, was mourned widely and uncritically. In one of her final interviews, Littlefeather told the Chronicle that she took the stage at the Oscars because, quote, I spoke my heart, not for me, for myself, as an Indian woman, but for we and us, for all Indian people. I had to speak the truth. Whether or not it was accepted, it had to be spoken on behalf of Native indigenous people. But Littlefeather didn't tell the truth that night because, according to her biological sisters, Rosalind Cruz and Trudy Orlandi, Littlefeather isn't Native at all. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. The communists always have to exploit things. They have to, they have to create an alternative reality. They either exploit their heritage, their culture. They exploit economic systems to their benefit. And they always have to push their cause. So this is from the San Francisco Chronicle. Quote, it's a lie, Orlandi told uh, the interviewer. My father was who he was. His family came from Mexico, and my dad was born in Oxnard. It is a fraud, Cruz agreed. It's disgusting to the heritage of the tribal people, and it's just insulting to my parents. Littlefeather's sisters both said in separate interviews that they have no known Native American history or Indian ancestry. They identified as Spanish on their father's side and insisted their family had no claims to the tribal identity. Quote, I mean, you're not going to be a Mexican-American princess, Orlandi said of her, her sister's adoption of fraudulent identity. 
you're going to be an American Indian princess. It was more prestigious to be an American Indian than it was to be Hispanic in her mind. Because that's what they do. She gets up on stage and takes this, this activist virtue signaling role like Elizabeth Warren does to go up there and co-opt and uh, pull some stolen valor of Native American indigenous heritage because they have a political end, an activist end. And the activist end is the hatred of America. It is the destruction of America. It's also the hatred of capitalism, which is really interesting coming to find out that uh, the bass player from Rage Against Machine, he has a new side project. Wow, that's cool. And what is his side project about? <laughs> it is about hating capitalism. Rage Against the Machine's Tim Comerford starts new band 7D7D, drops debut single Capitalism. Yeah, it's, it's really, listen to this garbage. Somehow old Timmy over here is in hell. It's a hell of mansions and caviar and Wagyu beef and limousines and traveling the world over. But it's hell for some reason to this guy. I mean, again, another artist who doesn't understand that he exists because of capitalism. No one's going to go see your shows for free because you're not going to let them come in for free. In fact, you're going to charge them a crap ton of money for your reunion gig, right? Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> no one's going to buy your albums or get your albums for free. You're going to sell them to them. No one's going to get that overpriced hoodie for free. You are going to sell it to people. <laughs> it's all capitalism. That's, again, I don't, I think some of these artists don't, taken a big picture and maybe it's because of the way the industry was at the time that they were signed you know they, they get signed so a record label comes to them and says hey we are going to pay for your album we're going to support your tour we are going to do the promotion for you and then they just show up and play and spit i hate america anti-capitalism garbage and then all the while they're getting paid at the end of the day royalties for being played on the air uh, royalties from Concert sales, percentages of merchandise sales. Now the album, if it's more than successful than what was spent by the record label to be paid back, maybe they're getting the money off of that back in too at, at a certain point, depending on what they did with the rights. But I think that's why they don't understand the, the disconnect between the fact that they are a product, they are a show, they are entertainment that people purchase in the midst of commerce, which is capitalism, 
gov- maybe that's where they lose the, the or they get the disconnect. I don't know. Now, my favorite part to this entire thing is that this was actually an article put out by Metal Injection. So it's not a partisan publication at all. It's a metal, you know, you like metal music. This is where you're going to go for updates on your favorite bands. And this was on Facebook that they issued this. Listen to some of these replies. This is from uh, Rick Osborne. He and I have something in common. I also feel like I'm in hell while listening to this terrible song. Another one, Michael Lentz. I presume he'll be letting people download the song for free and will admit concert goers into the venue at no charge, you know, to protest capitalism and all. <clears throat> Here's another one. It's interesting. Well, I listen again. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> um, when you need money, you can always make a song trashing capitalism. That's another awesome thing about capitalism. I, you know, it, it warms the cockles of my heart that these people responded in the way that they did because it shows that we're not all completely lost. Here's another one. Not catchy at all. Probably about to get a lesson in exactly how capitalism works. Nobody's paying for that. Will his new band also sell $60 t-shirts to prove how much they hate capitalism? New single, Capitalism, made me rich. <laughs> I love Rage Against the Machine and Comerford isn't the worst, but this tune stinks and his turning or his tuning sounds out and out in parts a rushed mess. I'm sure there'll be a household name just like Walk Rat. <laughs> and there's more. <clears throat> That's the beauty of Facebook. They can always provide more. So when does Tom Morello sell his mansions and arm the homeless? I've been waiting 30 years, but he only wants to sell me expensive merch and concert tickets. Couldn't get past about 30 seconds. Nope. Lousy. I'd expect better, especially with all this capitalist gear he used to make the song. Uh, there can only be one 7D, 7 dust, which, to which I agree. Full-throated. Um, assuming this could be the cheapest concert ever. Oh, it's amazing. But that's what happens with the hypocrisy of these communists. You know, they, they, they hate capitalism, they hate the American founding, they hate the system of government in which, yeah, it can be exploited by big corporations, corporatism, cronyism, which is leading to this new global fascism, to which you have to be ready. They're going to supersede your constitution and your way of government is going to get disposed immediately. And it's going to be big businesses that do it. It's not going to be because of capitalism that this happened. It's going to be in spite of that. It's going to be that these companies got a foothold because of capitalism, got their foothold stronger because they cozied up with the government to pass regulations that basically destroy their competition. And then at the end of the day, they can go down and say, well, it didn't work. We need just a, a great reset. Let's do that. And to do that, you have to destroy from within. So you have to take culture like the Oscars, having this fake Native American get up there and virtue signal and vilify the founding of the nation, while, while you can have the bass player from Rage Against the Machine out there touting the, the evils of capitalism as he's using capitalism by using capitalist-obtained equipment and obtain assets and capital to create a product that he's going to sell, i.e. capitalism. So I think now we need to look at the division part because the news media... They're, they've been on this role to divide Americans because they can't have a united America. 
United we stand, divided we fall. And the news media has been bought by China, I believe. I mean, I can't really prove it all, but it just seems like they really want to go with whatever the communists want. So they have to put out these crazy headlines. Look, these are all headlines that I ran into within the span of 40 minutes, just being online, killing some time while I waited in a, in a doctor's office line because my wife was sick. So keep her on the prayer list. Um, here you go. CNN argues daylight savings time disproportionately affects people of color because of structural racism and inequality of America's social systems. I mean, and then here you go from, this is from uh, South End News Network. Cafe or coffee orders customers to stop asking for black coffee due to racism complaints. A cafe owner in, uh, in South End on Sea has been telling South End News Network that he has been forced to ban customers asking for black coffee after complaints were made from the members of the public about racism about his establishment. Now he has to refer to it as coffee without milk. He said two officers from South End um, Borough, uh, the Borough Council, walked into the cafe last week and informed me that four complaints have been made by members of the public who objected to the term black coffee because of the racial undertones that are involved. Four. This is a Twitter cancel mob. Remember, that's one of the things they don't like about the fact that Elon Musk bought the Twitter platform is they used to be able to attack a business they didn't like by finding some little edge that was offensive to, to somebody in some random corner of the world and had four or five people complain about it. And all of a sudden, an entire company's policy was changed overnight because of it. So, you know, black coffee is uh, racist. Daylight savings time, racist. Protecting America from racism in the water. <laughs> the Flint water crisis highlights the continuing disparities that people of color face in finding access to fair housing and healthy communities. So we should have the government come in and just make it equal for all, right? From the Washington Post, opinion, clean, affordable drinking water is a racial issue. And it goes on. Another one. They let us down. Water crisis in Jackson, Mississippi flows from systemic racism. I, you truly cannot make these headlines up. It's, it's real. These things are insane. Um, and it gets even more insane when you get into the fact that they want to go after the patriarchy, right? They don't want strong men because strong men means you have the protector that goes with a part of the nuclear family, with the nurturing strong female, with the strong kids that they raise up to be the next generation of strong boys and strong women. The New York Times opinion, if you let boys be boys... They will murder their fathers and sleep with their mothers. <laughs> that is a real friggin' headline. The unexamined brutality of the male libido. Here's another one. This is from BuzzFeed. Quote, I think if people did any research, they would see that there was race music and then there was pop music. Lizzo, you know, the 400-pound pop singer, opened up about the inherent racism of pop music in the genre. And the truth hurts. She said, uh, the genre's racist inherently. 
I think people, if they did any research, they would see that there was race music and then there was pop music. And race music was their way of segregating black artists from being mainstream because they didn't want their kids listening to music created by black and brown people because what they said it was demonic and yada, yada, yada. Basically, she's saying genres were created almost like code words for categories dominated by people of color. Quote, I think when you think about pop, you think about MTV in the 80s talking about we can't play rap music or we can't put this on person on the platform because we're thinking about what people in the middle of America think. And we all know what that's code for. So, yes, because of that, fast forward to 2022, we have this well-oiled pop machine. And remember, that has a racist origin. And I think the coolest thing I've seen is rap and hip-hop artists become pop. Now pop music really has <clears throat> its DNA. It's rap is running the game, and I think that's so cool. It's amazing. These people are just shameless with their propaganda. I mean, I would say, you know, Aretha Franklin going on to Donna Summers, to Dionne Warwick, to Mariah Carey, to Whitney Houston. I would say there was quite a bit of representation with the black community in pop music. In fact, they dominated pop music in many times. But these are the kind of things that they support. So in Division taking down the patriarchy and the nuclear family. They have to normalize sexual depravity to destroy the nuclear family and to give, their, give in to their primal lust, which they seem to have done with another Washington Post opinion or it's a review. This is, this is insane. Downstate. This is a Broadway play or an off-Broadway play about pedophiles. It's also brilliant. That's really what it says. Take a deep breath and try to ruminate calmly on the position playwright Bruce Norris takes in this scantilizing new play, Downstate. That the punishments inflicted on some pedophiles are so harsh and unrelenting as to be inhumane. Yeah, they should be. Are you still reading? It's impossible to broad brush the perspective at the heart of this impeccably acted drama without sounding as if one is advocating some extraordinary level of consideration for individuals who have committed unspeakable crimes. And yet, Norris proposes a variation of this pro uh, proposition at Off-Broadway Playwrights Horizon. He is questioning what degree of compassion should society fair, fairly hold out to those who have served their time for sexual abuse, assault, or rape. I don't know. You guys cancel people on the right that may have had an inappropriate relationship with someone outside of their marriage and, cons and called it rape, called it assault. You went after people like Brett Kavanaugh. And, and it was women that had ne never even really met him. And they turned around and said that they, he, they were raped by him. You had Roy Moore, who they bashed when he was running for the Senate runoff. And they went after him and said, oh, he was, you know, messing around with underage girls and he was this big creeper. And then come to find out a couple years later, he sues the pants off of those people and is found the winner. Guess what podcast supported him from the beginning? Yeah, that'd be this one. Because innocent until proven guilty, because he was a guy who was fighting for the things we wanted. He was the guy that put the Ten Commandments back in front of the Supreme Courthouse. He was the guy who supported fighting, you know, same-sex marriage. And y'all just tossed him out because you didn't like him. He wasn't the coolest guy on the block and you believed the lies. But that's all right. Now we're stuck with a Senate that's been given over to the left 
And we'll see what happens with Herschel Walker. So they're normalizing pedophilia. These are all communist tenets. And what we have to look at is communism is being fought in communist countries on great scales. They're in China. There are protests in Beijing and Shanghai over the COVID lockdowns. So they're now seeing an uptick in numbers, supposedly, in China. And so what they have done is they decided to lock everything down. Protesters in China have taken to the streets in a public outpouring of anger and frustration, with some even calling for President Xi Jinping to step down. Videos and photos captured show how it took off and then snowballed throughout the weekend. So there's a giant pushback. It's, it's incredible to see. People were walking peacefully on the streets, chanting, quote, we don't want COVID virus tests. We want freedom. The crowds gathered since 8 p.m. and concluded or continued into 2 a.m. of the time of the broadcast that I'm recording. This is Sunday, um, the, the November uh, 27th. A Beijing young man is said to have said, we have 10 fellow citizens who died in a big apartment fire. Your record 10 people died of such unreasonable COVID control. We mourn them and say no to such policy. And then everyone applauds. If you have to take people away, take me first, told the police that was rounding them up. The people continued to chant, no, nobody should be taken away. One voice shouted, don't film his face, let's protect him. Another video, people in Beijing marching peacefully in the, third, the East Third Ring Road area from Ling Mao Kao Bridge and towards, and I don't read Chinese, so there is a cluster of embassies in the area, so it's also one of the top modern internationalized blocks. So it shows you the importance and the significance of this situation. Listen to this. An apartment building in Chengdu in China, the government is welding the entrance door to the apartment and enforcing the lockdown. If you do not have enough food at home, you will starve. Some people are committing suicide jumping out of their windows. This is what happens when communism has taken over. You have a chance to beat it in the beginning. You don't have to let it come to you and, grab, and, and let it dig its roots in. You have a chance to fight it, but fighting it comes down to election integrity. Fighting it comes down to beating back the cultural Marxism that's creeping on you, that is infecting music, that is infecting television. The media needs a good spanking because they're sowing division like we just went through. And what happens when they steal elections like I think they did in 2020? What happens if they steal elections in a country that was succeeding and implant a communist leader like they did in Brazil? Listen to this. Breaking. The Brazilian military stands with Bolsonaro and is prepared to invoke Article 142. So basically, they had an election a little bit before our midterms. Bolsonaro, he is looked at as a Donald Trump type. He is Brazil first. He loves America's Second Amendment. He loves freedom of speech. He was privatizing the oil industry that was nationalized in a, in a process. Bolsonaro was really good for Brazil, but the globalists can't have him in there. Just like Viktor Orban from Hungary is going to probably face some, some pushback from the WEF, World Economic Forum, contingency. Just like uh, the 
Giorgiano, Giorgiano, I think, what's her name over there in Italy, who is also pushing for an Italy first agenda. Well, Bolsonaro faced some really weird election integrity issues. And next thing you know, the communist leader that was in there before was put back into power. Suddenly people were protesting all in the streets since the election. Big protest in Brazil. And now Bolsonaro seems to have gotten things together for civil suits and is going to go after it. So background, the Brazilian, Brazilian people have flooded the streets in protest at an allegedly rigged stolen election. Truckers are blocking all the highways. Farmers have blocked all the airports from exporting agriculture. Bolsonaro has exhausted his legal options with his election appeal being rejected by a corrupt opposition appointed, appointed chief Supreme Court justice. Hmm, that doesn't sound familiar here in America, does it? All the courts just dropping Trump's lawsuits because he doesn't have standing, right? Bolsonaro is now huddling with the military to plot his next moves. That's amazing. So what is Article 142? Many protesters said their demands for intervention are supported by Article 142 of the Brazilian Constitution, which says that the military has the role of guaranteeing constitutional powers under the, quote, supreme authority of the president. And then they go on to, you know, talk about it a little bit further. There's some uh, quotes from the Washington Post that are, it looks like this article is saying that it's a bunch of bunk garbage, so I'm not going to read that part. Um, They arrived by tens of thousands, angry, draped in Brazilian flags, massing outside military bases across the country. They were there, they they said, to save Brazil's democracy from rigged elections. And there was only one way to do so. Armed forces need to take control of the government. It was an alarming demand in a country that suffered under a two-decade military dictatorship until 1985. And yet another bizarre twist in the aftermath of Brazil's polarizing elections. A day earlier, the far-right president, uh, Bolsonaro, reluctantly agreed to transfer a, po- uh, transfer a power after 45 minutes of silence following his loss to leftist former leader, Luiz Incadon Lula, De Silvia. But after Mr. Bolsonaro's years of unfounded attacks on Brazilians' election systems, his supporters appeared far from accepting defeat. The widespread protests and calls for armed forces were an escalation of Brazil's far right, uh, the far right of Brazil, their refusal to accept the re- election results. <laughs> that doesn't sound familiar at all, does it? Mr. Bolsonaro, in a two minute speech, um, stated that in which he didn't acknowledge the loss. He supported peaceful protest inspired by, quote, feelings of injustice in the electoral process. Many of his followers saw that as a stamp of approval. What he said yesterday that gave me more energy to come. This is what one of the protesters say. Larissa Oliveira de Silva, 22, who was sitting on on a beach chair in protest of the Sao Paulo uh, propping up her broken foot after, the, after his comments, I saw that he was on our side. So Brazil's going through what we went through, and they could end up with communism being implanted. And if we don't watch out here in America, we could have communism implanted here too. I'd beg to say they're already there. They're not following our constitution. They're not following our laws. They're jerry-rigging the, electric, uh, the election processes like they just did in Arizona. We still don't know if Kerry Lake beat... Hobbs, but yet Hobbs, who supposedly won, is also in charge of overseeing the election itself as Secretary of State. 
No conflict of interest, no recusal. It's insane. But we see that there is a push on every angle to come after what we deem near and dear to us, the founding of America. Life, liberty, pursuit of property, also known as pursuit of happiness, and freedom to make our own paths and strike out our own futures and to raise our families in nuclear families, not to be filled with depravity, with pedophiles being lauded by, by drag queens in cafeterias and Broadway plays about pedophile uh, punishment. All these things need to be pushed back upon. And the only way we do that is through a movement, and it has to start in your hometown. And maybe you can start that movement up. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. Tune in. You can also donate. Be, on the, be part of supporting us financially. Anchor.fm slash Adrian Slade slash support. And you can give you know, a couple bucks. Doesn't matter. Just be a part of supporting us and taking the show to a next level. Leave a review. Write a review. That would be helpful as well because it will boost the showings in the podcast listings. And maybe we can add some more people to the Slade Brigade. Until next time, God bless. God bless.